It's the Hedonistic Way podcast. It's a way of life. It tastes like freedom. It's the most divine microcosm. Mind blowing. Mind blowing. It's a revolution. Heart wide open. Liberated love. It's liberated love. Conscious conversations. Conscious conversations. The exhilarated expansion of self. Sacred sexuality. Whatever you like. All I, All I know is it, is it feels, feels amazing. amazing. It's the most decadent way. It's the most decadent way to live life. Intimate and intuitive conversations with epic humans who are disrupting the status quo and living a life with stereo untypical success. Thank you. 
Absolutely. So men are, there are these cultural pressures because men are just going to know exactly what to do to please a woman and they're going to be able to take control and they're going to know what, you know, every different woman that they are with wants. And women, on the other hand, are kind of expected to not really know anything but to somehow still enjoy themselves anyway. And I think we really have to see that we are both, uh, you know, we both, like both, Everyone. 
to women who are also afraid to try something different because they they don't want their partner to you know to judge them or to think that they know too much they don't want to ask for something because they're afraid of hurting their partner's feelings you know they're not perhaps reaching orgasm as quickly as they think they should and then so they feel pressure around that as well and then men also are feeling this pressure to get it right I don't know what she wants I don't know how to ask her um and and what that can lead to I think is yes it can really reduce our pleasure in you know in in various different ways perhaps not reaching orgasm um uh you know struggling sometimes for men around erections or ejaculating too soon because they're nervous but what it also leads to is this disconnection around sex and so sex becomes something that actually kind of takes us further apart and takes us up into our own heads and our own worries instead of being something so beautiful that can actually bring us closer together as partners or lovers or or human beings. I just, I love what you've said there because for me, and this is really such an integral part of Tantra, which is also part of what I teach in my work as a, as a therapist, is that first we have to connect to ourselves so then we can connect to someone else and, and, and with the ultimate goal of connecting to all that there is. So, you know, we have this incredible transcendent experience, but it really all starts with being connected to ourselves. One of my kind of favorite, most simple ways of connecting in with myself, and I and I love sharing this because I think we can use it anywhere, whether it's love making or whether we're out on the on the street, and and no one else has to actually even know that we're doing it. Is literally to just start to take some deep breaths all the way down into our belly, and then to just start to feel our body as we breathe out. So that deep breathing actually just slows down our whole nervous system. And as we start to pay attention to the body, if the mind just doesn't have enough energy to pay attention to the body and to thoughts at the same time. So instead of trying to switch off the mind, we actually just bring our awareness down to the body and that deep breathing really really supports us and so we can do that in love making we can do it before love making i think there's something really important as well if we want a more embodied connected experience during during love making is that we give ourselves permission to take our time because if we're rushing through that's when we're going to be in our minds. We really have to just give ourselves permission to slow down, to drop down into the body, and to allow things to unfold. And I think that is, again, like the tantra philosophy in the group conversation, is allowing yourself to slow down in that moment. Because often if we've got kids or I really need to like speak to someone because I really need to get this place 
doing in Naughty Pink Month? Um, so how do we have the conversation with our partner? How do we how do we set this up? I think when we are having a conversation with our partner about this, like really coming from a positive place is here is always really important. Like I want to know how to make our sex life better. I want us both to enjoy this more. I want us both to be more connected around this instead of perhaps you know mentioning what what isn't what isn't working, what isn't what isn't right. I think one of the really helpful things that couples can do to support them around leaving enough time for sex. I know so often when I mention this, people are like, oh my God, that's so not sexy. Sex should be spontaneous. But it's actually about setting aside time. Time for agreeing like, hey, this is important. Acknowledging that women's bodies need, you know, at least 15 to 20 minutes of foreplay in order to fully prepare for sex. And you're, you're probably not going to enjoy it as much. Like quickies once in a while are great and I'm fully supportive of them. But there's normally been that warm up in the meantime, like if you're switching from doing everything to just love making, you're going to need that time for your body to warm up. So kind of having an understanding and an agreement about that and making the suggestion that one of the things that you could do to find more time together is to kind of like have these bedroom dates, like these set aside scheduled times where you go to bed a little bit early, where you go to bed on the weekend when you're, you know, when your kids are either napping or out somewhere. Like you take those times when you can, but knowing there also needs to be a little bit of foresight instead of waiting until everything else is done and you've watched Netflix and then you get into bed and then you expect it to happen. Actually having that conversation about how you can prioritize it and how you can give yourselves more time. That's such a good question. Let me, the most misunderstood. Hmm. Hmm. I think one of the most misunderstood areas for me is, um, is well, particularly women's orgasm, but this really applies to men as well. And I think it's understanding the different ways that we can experience pleasure, the the different ways that we can experience orgasm. So, you know, women can experience orgasm through so many different um, means, so many different ways, if you like. We can experience our orgasm through nipple stimulation alone, through clitoral stimulation, G-spot stimulation. And and I think that we don't need to have all of those different kinds of orgasms. Like if we're if we're having, you know, if we're having an orgasm, that's great. And you know, and if we're actually if we're not having orgasms, that's okay too. But I really wish we understood more about the different kinds of pleasure that are available to us to explore. And that goes for men as well, for men to know that, that you know, nipple stimulation can also give them an orgasm, um, that, that various kinds of stimulation can be pleasurable. There isn't just one way to enjoy ourselves. Mm. It's a really good question. And again, I think it's that mindset, like giving ourselves permission to to explore 
to perhaps step outside of what we know. I was I was talking about this um, yesterday actually because I think one of the things when we're exploring sexually is like also give ourselves permission for for it not to go right, like to to try something and not enjoy it, and to be able to say. I, like I want to stop this now or I don't want to do that again or to you know both fall off the bed because we're trying a new position and to be able to laugh about it so to be able to have this conversation and give like yourself and your partner this chance to just explore and get it wrong and it not have to be perfect it not have to end in like this goal of simultaneous orgasms because that's such a myth about how sexual experience tends to unfold anyway. Okay, firstly, that it's absolutely possible. Um, you know, regardless of how many partners you've had before, regardless of how old you are, you know, I've worked with couples in their 20s all the way through to couples in their 60s who are having the best sex of their life after really deciding to give this attention and, and coming along to see me for sessions. So whatever age you are, however many sexual partners you've had, it's really, really possible. Again, it starts with seeing this as a mindset shift. Okay, what, like, this is important for me. This is important for my life. What can we do to, to, to start to kind of enhance this? And I think, you know, for me, it is always best when we have a conversation with our partner because then we know that we're both on the same page. You're in it together. I know not everyone feels comfortable with that at the start, so you can absolutely start to learn techniques and things on your own but if you're able to have a conversation about hey like what would we like our sex life to be like what do you enjoy about it um at the moment like what would you like to do more of um sorry i'm getting some some feedback coming through which is 
which was my cause for annoyance. Um, so having a conversation uh, to begin with, talking about what you might like to try, what they might like to try. I think even starting with learning different ways of touching each other can be so helpful. One of the exercises that I like to share with couples is called body mapping. And that's where we start at one end of our partner's body and we you know, allow ourselves about 20 minutes and start to touch their body in different ways and in different places and we get feedback from them. So we're learning, you know, not these like new techniques or something really complicated or fancy, but, you know, just like how to touch a partner in a way that feels really good for them. giving ourselves permission to be exactly the way we are and knowing that we have that permission in the relationship as well, that, that this is not about doing what we think the other person is going to want, but actually we can show up authentically in our bodies, connected to ourselves in each moment. And that if, we're, if we want something different to what our partner is offering right now, it's not because they're not a good lover or because we don't like what they're doing. It's just that our body needs something else right now. And we can even frame it that way in our language is what I would prefer right now is if you did this, what would really turn me on right now is this. And so we're having the courage and we're cultivating the intimacy to, to show up as us giving ourselves permission to explore what we want. Everything in our lives is connected and how we're showing up in one area impacts how we're showing up in another area. There's so many women particularly that I work with or couples as well, they feel like this is the last area to be looked at. They've, you know, they have success in so many different areas. This is the one. But even having that one area that they feel a little bit unfulfilled in or they feel to address impacts them in, in other areas. It can impact their confidence as well. So when we start to show up more embodied, more connected to ourselves, we're able to show up differently in all of our relationships. When we start to recognize what we want and need and be willing to absolutely honor that, we start to do that in our relationships as well, whether it's intimate relationships or work relationships where we start to 
we step into a more empowered and confident place when we can voice our desires in one of the most vulnerable areas of our lives, when we can start to ask for what we want, you know, in in the bedroom after having sex, we find that asking for what we want or having difficult conversations in other areas of our lives actually becomes so much easier. men I work with, and this is not um, kind of directly um, around sex, but you know, in their relationships, they they have often brought those skills from life of being really direct, and the way that they might communicate with the people that work for them or the, their you know their colleagues at work, and they kind of don't understand why it isn't working at home. That everyone listens to me at work, why am I not listened to at home? And what I what just oh, so often blows me away when I'm working with couples like this is that men will say to me, by me actually kind of being more vulnerable, it doesn't mean that they're weak or that their emotions are on display everywhere, but communicating more authentically and more vulnerably, learning to do that in their relationship, they take that into work situations and and. It, Actually, to their surprise, it actually really enhances the relationships and the communication they have with people in other areas as well. Absolutely. So 
I mean, the, the average age that children are encountering porn now, particularly online, is getting younger and younger. I think the average age is 11. And we tend to think that 11, you know, is too young to be educating children around sex. So there's so much they don't know about sex. But heard words like boob or they've heard words like sex and they don't understand what they are. When we grow up in a family or a culture that doesn't speak openly around sex, we take on the message that it's not okay to talk about. That mum doesn't talk about that with me, dad doesn't talk about that with me, so I can't talk about that with them. And so then Google is the way that the kids are going to get the answers, often not expecting uh, the results that they get to show up. They just they just want to know what's what's a boob? Like what is sex? So for me I'm really passionate about sex education at all ages with our children. If we're cultivating the kind of relationships where ones where they know what sex is, they know that they can talk about it with us, then they're more likely to go to parents when they have questions, when they have curiosities, when something happens to them that they don't feel okay about, they're they're going to come. Just saying that you can come and talk to me about this isn't enough. We actually need to model that by having been willing to have the age-appropriate conversations at all ages with their children. So it's not this unknown thing that they don't that they don't know about. with our children and and to give them the information and again age appropriate sex, sexual education but at all ages so this is something we should be talking about with them from really young ages and knowing about kids natural desire to explore to explore their own bodies to explore touching themselves to explore touching other people as well that we're letting them know not just the things around safety that sex education tends to focus on at the moment, but where, again, we're giving them that permission. If you want to touch yourself, that's okay. But there's a, there's a time and a place that that's appropriate. So if you want to do that, that's totally normal. Everyone does it. But that has to be done with your bedroom door closed and, you know, and giving them permission to have that privacy as well, talking to them about pleasure during sex education, you know, not just this is how babies are made, you know, but it's something that, that two people can enjoy. Um, and again, this is as they're getting older as well, these are the different ways that, that they can enjoy it, giving them, you know, not just what we're sharing them, but giving them better resources as well. But it's knowing also, I think, we, you know, in our culture, we get so caught up on the talk. When are we going to have the talk? like it's one talk that we have with our children, but actually it needs to be many conversations that happen. So, you know, use 
use their questions, use their developmental phase, use something you see on TV. Instead of, you know, you're seeing two people passionately kissing, not saying anything about it, which again is that it's unspoken, so I can't talk to, to mum and dad about that. Use it as a use it as a talking point. Like, you know, talk about the emotions that might be going along with it. Like ask questions about what they think of it. Share your point of view as well. If there's something in the media, bring that to their attention. Um, and, and don't just wait for them to come with the questions. Absolutely. And often, you know, there's a couple of bodies of faces that occur. And depending on what they watch on TV as well, it's often those sorts of things, you know, we get to see how they see other people respond from either their friends or other community or whatever. And it's just a lot of money like they can't help you with it. Oh, no. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And to ask them as well, oh, like where is it that you got that idea that it's yuck? Like where did you hear that? What What is yuck about that to you? Um, so you're also, yeah, inviting an understanding of their perspective. Such an interesting question. Um, I'm in a really interesting place in my own journey. Um, I've been in India for most of this year um, in an ashram. So my, my exploration has been very, very different than it has been in, in previous years. So for me, I'm loving the permission I have at the moment for this to be a very solo journey for me not to be having to give energy out to 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 a lover to men around me it's um culturally not really appropriate for men to speak to a woman on the street here which is actually an incredible relief for me to not feel like I have to respond to um um advances that are made on me during the day and I can really just focus on myself my own personal spiritual meditation mindfulness journey uh, you know as well as still doing work that I love it's a it's a really interesting combination but for me it's one that is actually very much about myself I mean, the, the internal work, if you like, has always been so important to me, the self-awareness, um, the emotions, um, like cultivating that inner sense of peace. And for me, I am, I guess, constantly surprised at how that, how that shows up, how I'm different. Um, I think spirituality for me is, it's actually more of a journey of letting go and of things falling away than it is of gaining anything or getting anything from my life. But what I'm finding as these various things fall away is that there's an incredible peace and a contentment that just sits 
underneath everything and I'm incredibly grateful to be more and more in touch with that. Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's incredibly freeing. Spirituality has been a really fundamental part of my life for for the last traveled to various retreats and um, you know meditation kind of retreats um, and I think I had I've sort of had come to a point where I wasn't necessarily looking for the next thing or the one thing that was going to give me all the answers but it was a way of deepening within myself it was a way of becoming calmer and becoming stiller so not so much myself or that there were all of these things that I felt like I was still missing but that I just wanted to deepen what I had already found. Um, I didn't expect that I would stay here as long as I have this year but there's an amazing way that it works for me and you know all my work is online so I still get to share with people from this incredible place where I'm doing you know mindfulness and meditation and um, you know, cultivating my own spiritual practices so that I bring that energy to the work that I do with clients and our sexuality, their relationships and intimacy. more about tell me more about that what what you mean by that
what does that feel like it is for you? I think, you know, you said that, that sex is God and, you know, and I agree with you that everything is God, you know, that there is nothing that, that isn't. And I, um, there's a, uh, there's a, a word that we, that we have here in the, um, in the ashram. Um, it's in, in Hindu culture, there are, uh, pujas, which are these particular ceremonies to God and there are various different kinds of pujas that happen here during during the day and because I'm often working I'm um, I'm not able to go to all of them I have to uh, you know work in my life my like um, my life doing things around around life here but when I'm not at a ceremony in the ashram I'm in a what I call client puja I'm in a writing and the reason that I use those terms for myself is because whether or not I'm sitting in a ceremony, connecting with everything that way, I am connected to God sharing with my clients. You know, I'm connected to well, whatever form of God. I don't even normally use, you know, God, the universe, whatever it is. And I think that we can approach everything in our life with that kind of I think you know this body, this um, body mind can be an incredible tool for for working that out. You know, do we feel closed hearted, or do we feel open hearted? Um, does our body feel numb, or are we feeling like even the most soft, gentle breeze on our skin? And if we go through life like that, everything that we do during the day can be this you know, sacred or devotional experience and sex and lovemaking, how we're showing up to our partner can also be that. But it's it's about us, it's about how we're showing up in that experience, how we're seeing it and how we're valuing it. I think for a, a lot of us, that moment of orgasm, as you said, it often feels like that you know, transcendental experience where there isn't like just an I anymore. And I think it's one of the things that can lead us to want to search for more of those experiences because there's something so incredibly liberating uh, about that experience. Slow down, 
Saturn's such a big believer that our inner world creates the outer world. And so what's going on within us becomes reflected from the outer world. The question for me is what are we committed to? Like what are we committed to in our lives? And if we're committed to a sense of peace, a sense of ease, a sense of calm, and where we're staying with that instead of something comes up and we and we jump to it and we go into our mind and we you know follow those emotions that come up if we stay with yeah that's going on and my commitment is to cultivating more ease and peace in my life so so if I start with that and then respond to what's going on, because once we start on that treadmill, and I know it so well for myself as well, there's one thing and then there's another thing and there's another thing. And my thoughts are racing and they're not kind and I lose touch with my body. But So to come back to that as a priority, Exactly as you said, even in your question is part of the answer of, okay, when we notice that we're not, when you notice that you're not connected, when you notice that you're, you know, starting to kind of run on that treadmill, that's the first step to going, huh, I'm I'm not in that state of being that I want to be in. And we're all going to get pulled out of that from time to time so we have to be gentle and compassionate towards ourselves when that comes up but notice it and actually notice what it is that we're committed to. Interesting question. So for now, uh, I'm really putting my heart and soul into my coaching and therapy with women and couples, seeing you know people's lives transform as a result of working um, kind of more deeply and intensely with me. Uh, there will be more online courses coming. For me, at the end of this year and next year as well, helping couples to reconnect and, you know, bringing in more spice and variety to their sex life, helping women become more confident with themselves as sexual beings. And my big, big project at the moment is writing a book as well. So that's the the two-year goal. want to say just do it like (laughs) make that choice for yourself allow yourself to show up 
know, as that being that you are, however you are. I mean, I think that's the real rebellious act in this society is not to be any particular way, but just to be who you are. Thank you so much for tuning in to this epic conversation. I'm Renee Main and I am over and out for now. However, we can continue this conversation on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash hedonistic queen or jump onto the website reneemain.com.au and you can explore what your own hedonistic way might look like.